Okay, I'm ready. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and you're still sitting on the floor. I Creighton, it feels so much better. I like you know in kindergarten when you have to sit like crisscross applesauce on your rug. So should should we all be sitting on the ground or no? Just me. Okay. I just want to like get in touch with my inner child. Right I now. see. I'm I feeling see. you know kind of out of touch with her right now. And I just want to get back to the stage when I'm, like, you know, throwing up on the carpet and eating my boogers. <laughs> you, like, just threw up on the carpet all willy-nilly when you were No, a but don't you remember when you were in kindergarten, like, kids just, like, randomly threw up? I don't Ew, really know kids, what that was about. True. Kids just threw up randomly Just school. threw up. about me more than anybody else i hold my vomit (laughs) you You would rather like swallow your vomit than throw up than just like throw up randomly in front of people i have never even when but even when i was a child i was so embarrassed to like be sick to throw up yeah that it was like i would literally wait until i could oh my god okay i don't think normal people can wait like if i need to throw up it's happening like right right I mean, there was that one time in Seattle where <laughs> that that one was like no, literally in the Uber. I was I was like sitting there waiting, and I was like, I knew it was gonna happen, and mm-hmm. I was like, I just have to wait until I get out of the Uber because this Uber driver was nuts. He was driving like like he stole that damn car. And do you remember he was rude? He was when we rude. got in. Yeah, yeah. Rude I mean, that's Seattle for you. Yeah, but as soon as we got out, it was like projectile, projectile Ew. vomit, but, and it was. You know, after uh seafair so there were like it was like the seafair parade so the streets were closed and there was just people everywhere there were like like floats and bystanders people just watching yeah yeah and i like literally like two steps out of the uber and i was like when it started i was standing up and it was just like projectile Mm -hmm. yeah yep and it was right outside my apartment so the next day i'm walking my dog and there's her puke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful moment. Oh, oh I love God. Seattle. It's a sparkling city. <laughs> what oh, are we geez. drinking today? Okay. Well, this week I am bringing you guys a peach milkshake IPA from River Bend Brewery in mm. Bend, Oregon. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. 7% alcohol. One pint cans. Yep. It's called Life's a Peach and Then You Die. So, amen. That's literally what it says. It says Life's a Peach and Then You Die. Peach yeah. milkshake IPA. You know what we should start doing? is like taking pictures. Like <gasps> with our hand. Like holding it. Oh. And posting it on the and Instagram. So people can see what we're drinking. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways. River Bend Brewing Company. Bend, Oregon. Nice local microbrew. Have you ever been to Bend? No, but I've heard it's lovely. I I love Bend. I I recommend it. If anybody goes to Oregon, you know, visit Bend. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it's a really nice, like, very, like, outdoorsy vibe. Yeah, very Mm -hmm. chill. Yeah, Yeah. but have a cute little downtown area. Mm -hmm. Love that for Bend. All right, let's crack her open. (gasps) It may or may not have exploded all over me. Uh Uh-oh. That's... Yeah, it exploded all over me too. All right. oh, on the microphone. Oh no. <laughs> what a disaster. Uh, all right. Cheers, folks, to cheers. episode 14. Ooh. Oh, did you just tick in the microphone? <laughs> did you guys hear it? Look so at a little dainty cheers. We're officially too far apart in our podcasting setup to do real cheerses, so 
if you hear cheers in this next episode, it's inauthentic. I'm just going to tell you that right now. No, I took an, uh, a, a beer can and I tapped it right. against the other can. Oh, right, right. So you cheers yourself. Yes. That's, okay. Anyways, let's give her All a right. tasty taste. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Someone just, almost died I'm, over there. I'm, Ooh. It's not bad. It's the, the hops. The hops. Oh, yeah. This is an IPA. The hops got so to me. It is. It's an IPA. It's, it's a hop. very, like, hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not getting, like, peach vibes. Is anyone else not <laughs> getting peach so, vibes? Yeah. Riverbend Brewing, I don't taste any peach. Needs I don't peach. taste any says, milkshake either, you no bastards. No milkshake. So it, ta- it says peach milkshake IPA. I would assume it's, like, peach and maybe a little creamy. It just tastes like an it's IPA. just IPA. It's just mm-hmm. an IPA. It's a lovely IPA. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, it's not bad. I I'm not an IPA gal, but I like it. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. like it. It's just perhaps an IPA. my palate is just not developed enough. I'm not a beer connoisseur just yet. All right, where's Leonard? We're supposed to like swish it around our mouth like we do wine to I, get the notes. I don't think you're supposed to swish beer. I could be wrong. I don't know to get the notes. I mean, it is a lovely beer. I do really like it. It's just not quite what I expected. But that's all right. Yeah. I was expecting, I guess, because um, a few weeks ago, we did a mango uh, mm. beer. And that it was so part. It was Good. very mangoey. We could taste the flavors. Yeah. Um, last week, we did the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. We could taste the pumpkin with it. Yeah. This week. Not quite getting peach. A peach milkshake IPA. I was getting excited about it. But. Yeah. You know what? That's all right. That is all right, Riverbend. It's still a lovely IPA. Yes. And I'm sure they have other flavors that maybe are more prominent in right. the, in the taste of yeah. the beer. When I was shopping, there was also a mango milkshake IPA. So Oh, you know I love mango. I know. But still great. Still a big it's, fan of I it. I like honestly. that. Okay, well very good. If it just said Riverbend Riverbend IPA this is what I would think it would be. Right, and right. It'd be delicious. I'd order it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The so, milkshake part is what's throwing me off. I, I think. think so. Why put milkshake in the title? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, thank you, Riverbend. It's a lovely IPA. Ten out of ten is. on the IPA scale. Yeah. Two out of ten on the milkshake component. Two out of ten. Two out of ten on the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which brings you to an overarching number. Of like a six out of ten. Six yes. out of ten, I think yeah. is appropriate. Yes, this yeah. Rating. I think yep. so. Okay, great. We can all agree on that. Love it. <laughs> yeah, you know it. It's all right. I'm waiting for that peach to come out of nowhere. Still but it's waiting not, for that I'm peach. I'm still waiting. It's real. <laughs> been I'm sorry. Waiting. We're talking about this way too much. Maybe I know. Talking about peach. Maybe the peach has like settled on the bottom. Oh, do we it's, need to shake it beforehand? We shake oh, it just beforehand. Sh- you know what? Great. You should. You I'll should shake, shake it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'll probably help. It's probably just all at the bottom. You really got to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, jeez. All right. <sighs> All right, folks. Well, <laughs> welcome to episode 14 of Strange Like Me. Welcome, everyone. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. I'm Kelsey Pfeiffer. I'm Crichton Wright. I'm Peach. You're, you're Peach? <laughs> Your name is Peach. Peach. Princess Peach? Yes, Princess ma'am. Aw, cute. <laughs> you recognize me without my crown. Where's in the Ouija at? Oh, I dumped those bastards. <laughs> Took oh. them long enough to get you from the castle. I know. Jesus. Lazy bastards. Yeah, this damsel had to save herself. <laughs> we love a strong, independent woman. It's 2020. <laughs> we save ourselves from castles. We okay? save ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, well, what are we talking about this week, Kelsia? Well, 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 I am glad you asked. This week, <laughs> we are talking about the mysterious disappearance of Matsu's Koweki. Who? So, Matsu's Koweki, that's this that... gentleman's name. Oh, okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, this is a story coming to us from Poland. And I want to preface, this is a super interesting case. I'm excited to share with you guys. Um, I initially found out about the case from a Reddit post um, under the Unsolved Mystery subreddit um, by the user uncle underscore Sam 01, who did an amazing translation of the events. I couldn't find any information or news articles about Mm -hmm. this in English. So um, this user did basically a full translation in English, which was a huge help to my research. Wow. Um, Shout out Uncle Sam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in addition to his translation, there wasn't even a lot of coverage of this case at all, which is pretty bizarre once I get into it, mm. um, which makes it just that much more chilling. So Matsuz Kowiecki was a 30-year-old Polish man from the southeastern Poland town of Hutkow. Um, Kowiecki had been living with his father in Hanover, Germany, working as a construction worker for about five years. Uh, Kowiecki was in a long-distance relationship with his pregnant fiance, who lived in Lepia Gora, a northwestern city in Poland. Um, so, you know, kind of how Europe's laid out. It's yeah. not mm-hmm. really that weird to live in, like, a different, quote-unquote, country right. yeah. and commute. They're real close They're very there. close together. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he's living in Germany. Uh, fiance's living in Poland. Um, and they would commute to see one another. Um, I guess uh, jobs paid a little bit better in Germany. So, him and his father decided to move to that area. Mm. Um, so, Koeki's fiance went into labor on the evening of March 28th, 2018, uh, oh, this is recent. Super mm-hmm. recent. 2018, that just, that just happened. Just happened like yesterday, I think. Um, so his fiance was administered to a hospital in Lepiagora. Kweki uh, departed from Hanover, Germany after work to meet his fiance in Lepiagora, Poland, at around 11.30 p.m. To make the 402-mile drive, Kweki's ETA to the hospital is around 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. the following morning of March 29th. That's yeah, a long drive. Oh. Long drive. Yeah. It's been a while since I've driven that much in one stretch. Right. But I mean, you know, you're going to pregnant fiance. You got to do what you yeah. got to do. Yeah. You got to go see that baby. Mm, got to see baby. that baby. Go see my baby. That baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kueki called his father around 1030 a.m. on March 29th. Uh, his son would tell him that there was a terrible, that there was terrible traffic on the way, that he had waited a total of two hours in traffic jams due to traffic accidents. During the call, he stated that he was near the town of, oh, I'm going to butcher this, Session at that point. Session is a town on the Polish-German border on the way to Lepiagora. So he's like right about at the Poland-Germany border. Mm-hmm. Um, during the time of the phone call, he would still have around 133 miles left of his trip to reach Lepiagora at that point. Kueki's fiance also reports that Kueki texted her around the same time as this phone call to report that he would be arriving in about two hours. Yeah, that's this thing of the drive, 130 miles, two hours. About two hours, right. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when the two-hour mark comes and passes, and Kueki does not arrive at the hospital in La Piagora, Kueki's fiance gets in touch with Kueki's sister, who also lives in Hanover, Germany, at around 5 p.m. But no one is able to get through to Kueki. His phone reportedly rang, but he did not pick up. Kweki's family becomes increasingly worried about his whereabouts and contacts the Polish authorities to file a missing person report. 
The Polish authorities discourage the family from filing as at this time, they still feel it's too soon to assume, to assume that he's a missing person that he'll likely turn up. Yeah, way too soon. Yeah, but I feel like at that point, if you're expecting someone in two hours and they're not, like, if I had told you I'd be at your house in two hours and I didn't show up in, like, four hours and I'm not answering, like, you'd assume something's wrong, right? Well, something would be wrong, but I would assume, like, a possible, like, a a logical explanation. Sure. And, like, I think there's, like, requirements for when you can actually file a missing person report. Oh, is that right? It's, like, 48 hours or something. Something like that. Well, I mean, that's for here, though. That's not for... Poland and Poland. Yeah. I, still, I don't. I don't know. I feel like somebody's late, and it starts getting like well past the time. You assume something I, not so great has. I happened. assume something not great has happened. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm still getting the authorities involved at that point. Exactly. I'm not like thinking logically, like oh, maybe there was an accident, maybe the road got closed or something yeah. like that. I'm thinking like you're either in a hospital, dead, or in jail. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, exactly. And if you're not answering your phone, like something, something has happened. Right. Um, as time progresses, Kowiecki's family attempts to include the German authorities who refuse to get involved while the Polish authorities are already on the case. Mm. Uh. Um, kind of an unfortunate situation with multiple countries being involved. I right. feel like there's some like unfortunate crossover and it's kind of tough to decide who's going to take on the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kowiecki's family requests that the Polish police locate, uh, Matsu's cell phone, which continued to be on for several days following his disappearance. Oh. Mm-hmm. Days. Uh, the Polish authorities are unable to locate his cell phone as Matsu's was using a German SIM card in his cell phone. German police are also unable to locate his phone as Kowiecki disappeared in Poland. <laughs> Oh my god. Like gosh. what a mess. <laughs> Such a mess. I feel like there has to be like some sort of system in, in systems in place cuz like this, that's you that's yeah. universal. Like it can yeah. It's can we like no, collaborate not, on this? Polish no, and like the moment the it country. crosses over the border like, "Oh, can't, he's lost. Can't, out can't of my hands. Him. Can't it's track him anymore." Out of my hands. I don't know what to tell you. And then they can't look for him in Poland because it's a German SIM card, right? Yes. Is that oh Yes. God. Which is just just about the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard. What do you mean you can't track it? <laughs> um Polish police will later claim that Kowiecki's phone never connected to a Polish network, making it unclear where Kowiecki would have received the call from his father. Oh. So it's almost like he never even crossed the Polish border, even though at the time of the phone call, he was right at the border. Right. Interesting. So, I mean, based on that, he potentially would have disappeared like right at, right at the border. Yeah. Someone needs to check these, um, like satellites, his phone. What yeah. Are what are they? You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Cell yeah. phone towers. Cell phone towers. Cell phone yeah. towers. Someone needs to check the location of these cell phone towers. Right. Do they do that in Poland or Germany? I don't know. I don't know. Um, understandably frustrated with the disconnect and barriers between the German and police, police, Polish authorities on the case, Kowiecki's family begins their own investigation, looking closely into the route that Kowiecki would have taken to Lepiagora. The family would check side streets, stop at gas stations, requesting any surveillance footage that staff could offer and posting Kowiecki's photo near the German Polish border, Hoping, hoping to collect any tips or information on Kwaki's disappearance. Wow. So they're like relying solely on witnesses at this point. Or yeah. tips or... Mm-hmm. They like just took the investigation into their hands. It sounds like the authorities were just like no help, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And from what I understand, they went on like talk shows, television shows, like offering rewards and just like nothing. Like nothing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Um, so no new information or tips would come in for the preceding six months. Six months. Six months. Uh, Kweki and his 1998 BMW 525 had simply vanished into thin air. Oh yeah, so they didn't couldn't even track the car. Couldn't even track the car. Nothing. There's no evidence. Um, I think at one point I read that they even checked because um, there since there isn't a border patrol between your European countries, it's not like he would have had to stop to talk to anyone I to see. cross right. over the border. Yeah. But I think there is cameras. And they even checked the border cameras, and I, I don't think that they found anything. So Crazy. He potentially never even got to Poland, even though he was right at the border during those phone calls. Right. Um, Kweki's family would go on to be featured on multiple TV and news articles sharing the story of their loved one's mysterious disappearance and the frustrations that they had felt while working with the German and Polish police forces, feeling like their case was not being taken seriously enough. And at this point, he has a kid. He's got a baby now. He's got a baby whole entire now baby. For six months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he apparently was just so excited to go meet his fiance and the baby. And I don't know. It seems odd that he would just, I don't know, just not show up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think, especially, yeah. Like you said, he seemed so excited. He was leaving with such urgency, trying mm-hmm. to He's get trying there. trying to provide for his family, making more money in a different country. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know who would go to a different country and just make money for me. Oh, my God. Me. Yeah. I would do that for you. You would Crichton. do that for me? I would. In fact, I'm going to Spain next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet of you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> just the beer that you've been bringing to the table of the podcast lately is kind of subpar. So, it's like, so you, you wait a minute know. was it wasn't this your beer this week um, <laughs> no that doesn't sound right that sounds like someone else <laughs> okay so on september 12 2018 a neighbor came to kueki's mom to ask about their barn on their property noting that it had been smelling for some time since at least july Uh-oh. the neighbor stated that other neighboring homes were beginning to complain after being unable to identify the source of the odor, the neighbor would eventually ask Kueki's mother if he could check below their barn's roof. <gasps> above the main barn were living quarters with an attic space above this. Kueki's mother agrees to allow the neighbor to check the attic space. Upon inspecting the area, the neighbor finds a pile of clothes. Upon closer inspection of the clothing, he finds the source of the odor. Within the pile of clothes, the neighbor finds the human remains of a man, or what's left. <gasps> a severed head, and a torso. Within the surrounding scene, he also finds two nooses hanging from the roof and a backpack on the floor. Oh my god. While the clothing and other items are quickly able to be identified as belonging to Kueki, the human remains are too decomposed to be identified as Kueki's at the scene. Police quickly deduce that the cause of death is suicide and release Kueki's belongings to the family. But the family and others have a difficult time with this, as there's some unsettling details and inconsistencies for this death to be ruled as a suicide. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Upon closer inspection of the body, it's discovered that almost all of Kueki's teeth were knocked out and stuck what? to his clothes with what appears to be blood. What? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. But this was a suicide. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I have to ask, and I don't know if you know, because like I know that you said that the, the articles were translated. Yeah. Um, did it say at all if he was found he wasn't found hanging no he was found decapitated oh decapitated which um, i mean i guess if he was hanging for a long period of time it would eventually happen yes which i will yeah i do touch on some some people's opinions on that okay okay um so some people believe that kweki hung himself with the noose one of the nooses found at the scene 
And after ample amount of time, the decomposition process would decapitate him, causing mm. his body to hit the barn addict's floor. Mm. The issue with this being that it's very difficult for teeth to be knocked out post-mortem. With so many teeth being missing, it's likely to assume that Kweki's teeth were removed prior to his death. But by but how and by whom? Right. Um, there also appears to be bloody patches on his clothing, suggesting a potential struggle prior to his death. Additionally, inside his backpack, there's a Polish water bottle with cigarette butts inside of it, as well as an orange juice juice box. Perhaps a more minuscule detail, but Kweki's family claims that he never drank orange juice, didn't like the taste of it. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, four days after having located his body, Kweki's family also found his shoe in the barn with his detached foot still inside of the shoe. This points to the police not having done a very good job at collecting evidence, and also brings up the question of why this didn't even come up during the autopsy. They right. left the foot? That he was, well, that he was missing he was a foot. missing a foot and it just didn't come up in the autopsy? Or the I've seen it on a Grey's Anatomy episode where they bring the wrong foot, though. They to a, bring the wrong foot? Yeah, they were in surgery or something. It was one of the beginning episodes of Grey's. And the intern brings the wrong, or whatever it is, you know. the Resident. Resident, excuse me. Or like the, you know, like the baby ones. Yeah. Residents, right? Yeah, they residents? Think, okay. yeah. Their first year are um, oh. interns. They are interns? Oh, is that what it is? For their okay. first year. Okay. And then like... it's like second year uh, uh-huh. residency. Gotcha. The only I reason see. I know this is because I just recently rewatched. So I've, I've watched this you series. You are a doctor. Numerous times, but I only watch it up until when, spoiler alert, McDreamy dies. Oh, and and then yeah, I did the same thing. I gave up. Done. Yeah. There's nothing left for me after McDreamy. No, not what after McDreamy. What am I supposed McDreamy. to do? Yeah. No. So yeah, they bring the wrong foot. So it's it's happened in a Grey's episode. Okay, but that was in a hospital. But, that was, what kind of police officers are not scanning the right, scene close and, enough to collect a human foot? And if there's another random severed foot yeah. in the garage, we've got more problems. We have bigger problems. <laughs> yeah. Why are there feet in this garage or in this barn? <laughs> uh, okay. All of these details are unsettling and raise much question alone. But it's also worth noting that back in March, Kueki wasn't headed for his family's house in the southeast of Poland where his body was found. Instead, he was headed to his fiancé's in the northwest. It's a 395-mile trip between the two locations. I see. It's almost 400 miles between the where place his body was found and the hospital oh where his fiancé would be. Okay, yeah. Which doesn't make... Any goddamn yeah, sense because when no he sense. called his dad, he was two hours away from that area. Um, so to travel potentially 400 miles after that phone call seems well, what bizarre. What amazes me more is like, okay, he was clear down there. Clearly, he made it to Poland. Yeah, he and was he was at the border, in Poland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Found in Poland, mm-hmm. but his cell phone never went. Into Poland? Like, uh, technically connected to a tower? Yeah. How? I am i don't understand. And this this sense. was, like, 2018. It's not like yeah. he had one of the brick Nokias of, yeah. like, 2004. A briefcase phone. Right. An in-car phone. Yeah. No, yeah. This was a real 2018 cell phone. Yeah. Jeez. Probably the iPhone 7 at this point. Oh, right. You know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just had that phone. <laughs> okay, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> um. So... You know, as described, this is essentially one side of the country to the other. So big discrepancy on location. Um, So the Reddit user that I found this from says his home village was about as far from Germany as you can get in Poland. Um, 
As a reminder, Kweki was reported as speaking to both his father and his fiance when he was 133 miles, about two hours away from Lepiagora, Poland. Um, Kweki's phone was amongst the belongings located by authorities where it was found that he made one final call to his uncle on March 30th. Remember, Kweki was due to arrive at the hospital to meet his fiance on March 29th. So was still alive to make this final phone call or allegedly the right. following day on March 30th. Um, this seemed to be an accidental dial as it only lasted for less than a second and it never actually got through to the receiving end. Um, likely some of the strangest details of all are that Kweki's 1998 BMW 525 has never been located to this day. Strange. <gasps> so even if on some plane of existence he got to the border of Poland and said, never mind, I'm going to go kill myself instead. Right. His car would be at the barn. Right. And it's never been located, which just doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. Yeah. No. Yeah. So strange. And if it's, okay, it's never been located. Even if he just went and, like, ditched it somewhere so that, like, his family didn't see his car outside of the barn. Mm-hmm. Even if he just went and ditched it somewhere and walked there, you still think that they would find it. Yeah. yeah. If he just left At it in a random parking point? lot or... Yeah. Whatever. Eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, eventually you feel like it would be located. Right. It's been two years now. I can't. When people commit suicide, they don't cut off their foot. No. And they don't knock out their teeth. No. And they don't ditch their car. I mean, that is feels like the most bizarre piece to me. I feel like at the point that you commit suicide, you sort of close out your life, I, as brutal as that, like as morbid like, as that sounds. Hide clues. Like, not hide clues, but, like, hide, hide the evidence at that point. No. Right. But, yeah. Also, I don't know if you're going to mention it here soon, but like, didn't you say that there are two nooses? Two nooses. So like, did he tie the the first noose wrong or something? Like He like tried it. He was like, oh, this isn't good enough. eh, I don't like that. I got to do the second one. Let's try it again. I don't like that one. I don't know. That rope's too tough. That doesn't make any sense to me. From like all other suicide cases that I have heard about, you plan this out for like months, weeks, years at a time. Mm -hmm. You put all of your things in order so as to like make things easier on your family. You don't you hide notes. your car. You write a note. This would feels very, very like sudden to me. And there's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. I feel like also, I'm going to say just kind of in that same thing um, for adults. I, it would be a very, I feel like it'd be very abnormal for them to, for an adult who's out of the home to travel then to his mother's home, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go into her barn. Mm-hmm. I feel like typically the last person that they want to find them, especially as an adult, would either be like their mother or their child. Right. Like their, their parents or their children. Right. Right. You know? You would think if he... Because some theories out there are saying that, uh, you know, he got to the border and he freaked out about being a father. And so he just but, went to kill I feel like himself. usually people don't freak out about being a father. They're like... Not to the point of suicide, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've known plenty of people who freak out about being a parent. But yeah, it, to the point to where it's like they just take off, not yeah. to where they... Commit suicide. Right. Yeah. And from what I understand, his family, like that theory baffles them entirely because he wasn't displaying any sort of... I mean, I feel like you never do, but he wasn't displaying Mm -hmm. any sort of signs of being unhappy with life or any sort of suicidal depressive thoughts or anything like that. So it seems like a far-fetched, even beyond the other evidence in the scene, it seems very far-fetched to assume it's a suicide. 
And I remember uh, my girlfriend and I taking her dog to the vet and the, you know, the first time I was, I was at a vet and the doctor looked at me and um, her dog had to get a shot Mm -hmm. and he was like, okay, so dad, you're going to do this Uh looking right at me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a dad now. I'm a yeah. father. And I, and I didn't freak out. So, oh, right. I, so, what's this guy's problem? <laughs> Think about it. Leonard and I got together and he got three. Yeah. He was so, suddenly yeah. fur dad to three. Mm hmm. And he just, you know, he stood up for that. Yeah. Like a stand up man. And then I got a fourth one shortly after. <laughs> yeah. Fourth one on the way. So, yeah. surprise, Leonard. Surprise, surprise. surprise. <laughs> oh, God. I do remember the moment that he called me dad and I was like, Oh my god! Like it was like so. No like one has ever down called me dad before. Were like, you kind of touched dog. though? Yeah. Were you honored? No, I was like, <laughs> I was like, my mouth like right open. We're like, no, no, like, no, no. I'm a stepdad. Okay, I'm, I'm a stepdad. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> There's no blood relation to this dog. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I want a paternity test. <laughs> I love that dog so much, though. Uh, oh, I love our girlfriend for bringing that dog into our lives. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love our dog. She's also uh, our, our dog. dog. Our dog. It's a collective, you know, <laughs> right. effort. Uh, okay. So probably the final detail that's kind of most interesting here. Additionally, the attic where Kawaki's body is alleged to have hung himself to death is in full view from the ground inside the barn. The family claims that they used the barn all throughout the summer, so they feel it's highly unlikely that they wouldn't have noticed a hanging body in their barn. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jeez. Um, and one of the prosecutors on this case also claimed that they found public transit tickets from cities in Poland that date past the date of his disappearance. Oh. So, like um, on him or? Mm-hmm, within his belongings that were found at the scene. So, Which it stated that, like, the backpack might not even be his, right? Potentially, yeah. Right, because mm-hmm. there was the... Um, the orange juice. That he didn't like. The cigarette butts. Which Wait. I don't even know if those were, like, DNA tested. But see, I wonder if they were in water. Yeah. I too wonder... Prob- it was probably too diluted. Yeah. 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 But I think the frustrating part is they, like, cut and dry called this a suicide and didn't even collect evidence for things like that. Right. Maybe... He was playing to hide out all along and, you know, for insurance money or whatever. Maybe he wasn't making enough money at this place in Germany mm. and he wanted to have his wife and newborn child have some money. Mm. But then also, I don't understand the suicide, though. He would have just like stayed out at the. Yeah. I don't bar. think if you commit suicide, you how, how would he sever his own foot? Yeah. How? And how would the family have not noticed his hanging body there for several months? For so long. We're talking like eight months. Yes. Yeah. It just, there's so much that doesn't add up here. Also, like you said, they didn't even like mention the fact that he was missing a freaking foot on the autopsy. Yeah. Which, how do you miss that? How do you miss it? Yeah. So, um, that's basically how the case ends. They, it's been called a suicide case closed, still unsolved. The family does not call this a suicide. No. They feel that there is much more to this and it just does not seem to be getting the media attention that it deserves. Um, and a lot of people are calling this, um, gosh, I can't remember the exact title. I think it's called like, I don't want to be too derogatory, but I think it's called white woman syndrome where the media tends to pay attention to missing white women, but rarely wow. pays attention to anyone besides that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so a lot of people in Poland are feeling very frustrated that, 
Um, there's been a lot of like upheaval over a lot more minuscule cases of missing white women, but this very obviously complex case of a man is just not getting the coverage yeah. it deserves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So right. that's how the case closes and it's still very unsettling for the family to this day, I think. And I mean the yeah. car is still unlocated. There's still a lot of unanswered questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's the child doing? The child should be what, two something now, right? Two, like yeah, a little over a little over a year now, I think. We need to find out how that child's doing. Poor thing. How you doing, honey? Yeah, I don't know. That's the other troubling piece is it's um everything's in Polish, so this is all the information that I have, unfortunately, yeah, until right. I learn to speak Polish. I'm using Duolingo, so you know, could be a couple minutes until I learn Polish fluently. <laughs> No, we're I'm just thinking all a couple take days. Up Polish and mm-hmm. uh, report back. No. Yeah, yeah. Next episode, we should be fluent enough. We to should be fully fluent. cover no, this I case. No, I feel like each of us should learn a different language. So it's mm. like no matter what we come across, we can translate it. Mm. Dibs on pig Latin. <laughs> <laughs> I can communicate with the pig man. <laughs> and you'll finally understand what the currency is with the ro- with the pebbles. Yes. <laughs> from last oh week's my god. <laughs> I'm going to write a Forbes article on this. Yeah. <laughs> Buying a house with pebbles. <laughs> you can too. You can too. Yeah. I want to get the buyers to meet you halfway. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, did you ever speak Pig Latin in like school when you were a kid? What's Pig Latin? Yeah. Pig Latin is where the first letter... Oh, wait. How do I describe this? Okay. So take a word like Crichton. Okay. And you have to change the word to start with its first vowel. So it would be Eitenkray. Yeah. Is how you would say Crichton in Pig Latin. Eitenkray. Eitenkray. So Wait, no, you, but then I thought you, you put the A at the end too. Yeah. So you, yeah. you move the first, the cons, what are they called? Vowels and consonants? No. Is that right? It, um, I did not pay attention. Cons- consonant? I don't know. Con- continents? Con- like con- continent no, of Africa? No, no, no. Consonant. Consonant. Right? Isn't that it? Yeah. So you move those letters to the end of the word. And then after that, you add an A. So I'm Elsia K. And um, you're each pay. Each pay. Each pay. Peach. Oh, God. I am crazy confused. <laughs> we have to move on. I have had too much of this. Peach milkshake IPA, <laughs> which is just an IPA. It's just it's, an IPA. Let's just, be honest with ourselves, okay? <laughs> I'm st- I'm still drinking it, trying to think like, is there peach there? There's not actually any peaches in here. I'm certain of it. No, I keep trying to like kind of swirl it, maybe think that it'll mix up, but let's see. It says bright Smelly tropical it. fruit aroma. What is anybody getting bright tropical? No. Um, backed up by powerful <laughs> dank hops. <laughs> And juicy yeah. peaches. Um, Finishing with a smooth, creamy body and just a hint of vanilla. Vanilla where? Okay. <laughs> How about just a hint of all flavors besides hops? This may be unlike anything you have tasted before. Well, it's an IPA. It's Not true. Like it tastes like an IPA. Every IPA I've ever tasted. Dang. Um, I really want to like this, but I'm ha- I'm having <laughs> I'm just having a tough time giving it the if A+. If someone could please go and visit and ask them for us. Where the peach is, they're at 2600. <laughs> oh, north- where is it? <laughs> north- is it the northeast corner. Um, D- maybe. Oh, I, we need the coordinates of the peaches. Division Street. <laughs> Where's the peach? <laughs> the 
needs more peach. Have you seen that episode of Jersey Shore where Snooki? So where's the by the way? Peach? Where's the peach? Peach is a big Jersey fan, or wait, Jersey Shore fan. By yes. The way. Oh, Kelsey, Elsia K is too. Elsia K is also <laughs> big, big Jersey fan. Except I didn't watch um, Family Vacation. No. I don't know something about it just felt wrong. I, to I, me. I watched like I think the first couple episodes as they came out because I was really yeah. excited. Um, of the first season of it, and not that it wasn't good, but it was just like they're all older now. Yeah, which no, no offense, not that they can't party, but it was like I liked them when they were, you know, young. Snooky was on that show when GTL. it was like socially acceptable to get so drunk up, drunk yes, you and, can't find the beach. And Snooky was on the show. That's how Snooky got was famous. Was Jersey Oki Shore? Sna. Oki Sna. Oki Sna. Oki That's right. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I just wanted pro- to preserve the memory of Jersey Shore. Yeah. I had a professor I in college. Speaking of like alcohol and stuff, it was a beer and wine class at the college we went to. They had a program oh, like that. Yeah. Um, Fun. And his, uh, I remember him telling us in class that his, I think his son went to school in like a different state and went to school with Snooky. And she was a lot different than she was on TV. I've she heard like, that. Yeah, she, was like, she wasn't as like ditzy as she, she was a on the normal TV show. person. Yeah, before right. Jersey Shore, yeah. Mm, yeah, the Jersey Shore can change you. you. Really right. Mm-hmm. See, and that's something I always wonder about is that even when they're like, oh, quote, quote, reality, like how much of it is kind of just like for show? Oh, I feel like yeah. they all kind of th- like grow into their characters. It was like, um, what was his name? The guy who looked like Popeye. He went to prison. Uh, oh, wait, yeah. Mike? Mike. Mike, the situation? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. No, hey, no disrespect on the Popeye thing, but yeah. um, sorry. He, you know how he was like the bad guy. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. Snooky was like the crazy one. The crazy party girl. Yes. Wow was like the tough bitch. Yeah. Um, I don't know. DJ Pauly D was. Like the know. ladies man. The ladies man. Well, just you wait when our reality show comes out and I and cry and. I and cry and Elsie K and each pay. Each pay. Take the city of. He waits. He waits to say it after he hears how. He wants my confirmation that he's saying it right. Because I, yeah. Please don't appropriate my culture of pig Latin, okay? Me and pig man's culture. Good. Yeah. Could you imagine our. Reality show would be so fucking boring. What are you talking about? I mean, about? I don't know. Unless we like literally gave it our all filming for like one week. It and would then be went amazing. It would be an amazing TV show. I don't. I could be sewing for us. I'll be sewing. I would bags. be baking baked goods. Um, be You would be crafting. It would be a hoop. <laughs> It'd be a hoop. It'd be a great show. <laughs> right? But see, I'm falling asleep thing. just thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Com- compared to it's like. It's a craft show. <laughs> it's just HGTV. Yeah. <laughs> compared to like the, you know, the note of Jersey Shore, like we ain't shit. No. Nothing can follow that. No. Nothing can follow that. It was a once in a lifetime. Just a beautiful gem. That, that will first be a night at book bed. someday. Oh. <laughs> Ron put his face between a cocktail waitress's breasts. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't remember any more of it. Um, and was grinding on two fat bitches. <laughs> um, something about the whole house knows and we thought you should know too. Oh my God. This is episode one of the Jersey Shore. No, no. this is like 
is this season two by now? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it so was like, like Ron and Sammy are already dating by this uh, point, uh-huh, and then yeah. Ron like definitely probably cheated on her at the club, and they all watched it. So then they're all like, "We have to tell Sammy." But we're not going to tell her. Let's write it out in a note and just post it in the house for her to see <laughs> anonymously. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh complete savage. Oh, my God. Wow. Poor Sammy. They're yes. all, like, happily married and have children now, which is just so bizarre to me. Yes. Except for DJ Polly D and Vinny, I don't think. Because they – don't they have a, like – They have, like, a, a dating show. show now. Yeah. Like, oh. um, do you remember, like, Flavor Flav's dating show? Yes. Flavor of Love. Oh, yes. Oh, show. and there were so show. many – that spawned off of flavor of love there was i love new york yes um that's Um, all i can think of but that was the big one though that was the big one yeah there was a rock of love oh i remember that michael oh my god so bring back ridiculous (laughs) celebrity dating shows 2021 that's all i want that's all i want i want one with like i can't even think of a ridiculous celebrity that i would want i want like I don't know. Zach Efron's no, actually I think he's dating someone, but I would love to see his dating show. Cause have you seen his Netflix show that he did recently? Yeah. His one about, um, sustainable. Yes. Yeah. So good. He's such an angel face. I love him. He is mighty good looking. He has come. He has perfectly mirrored my taste in men throughout my entire life. You know, from the days of Troy Bolton. Yeah. When he was Troy Bolton, like that was my flavor of men, like the bowl cut. (laughs) That was your flavor of love. Yeah. That was my flavor of love. It was the bowl cut, whole, you know, basketball situation. Totally. Gotta get you, get Get your head head in the game. game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now he is, you know, a muscly adult. Actually, Mm. he's got more of like a dad bod situation going on. Five o'clock shadow. But you know, sustainable I, I, like I eating. I love a dad bod. Oh, he's perfect. He's yeah. great. Love you, Zach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love you. Love you, boo boo. If you want to replace Crichton on the show, you can at any oh, time. Oh, hey, so <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that out. No, we're totally kidding, Crichton. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless Zach Efron, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. All right, folks. Well, I think that concludes episode. 14. Thanks for joining us this week. And uh, we hope you stay strange. Stay strange. Stay strange. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.